welcome to the Script Bits podcast for Sunday, 21st May, 2023. Our bit today comes from Acts chapter 1, verse 9, which says, And when he, Jesus, had spoken these things, while they beheld or looked, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Well, a good Sunday morning to all you, my faithful script bit readers. Isn't it just a joy to gather to, together in worship on the Lord's Day to sing His praises and glorify His holy name? It most certainly is, for it not only gladdens His heart, but also lifts up our spirits and gives us the confidence we need to keep on fighting the good fight of faith in this evil and fallen world. And another of our faithful celebrations of Jesus' life took place this past week. That's his ascension back to heaven. But before we get into that, let's sing this amazing song written in the second half of the 19th century, around 1873, by the blind hymn writer Fanny Crosby and musician Phoebe Knapp, which simply but most appropriately is titled Blessed Assurance. And I like this commentary which says, each and every day we sing praises to his name. We are thankful for all of the blessings that he bestows upon us. The lyrics of the classic hymn, Blessed Assurance, is the perfect way to worship. And when you hear the story behind the hymn, you'll be even more in awe of his amazing grace. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for our sins. And you better believe it, friends, because if he hadn't done that, that most selfless and loving deed, then Crapper would have certainly smoked with pipe. And having acknowledged that, let's sing a rousing, up-tempo, scintillating, heartfelt version of Blessed Assurance. Singing, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. And we come to the chorus, this is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Then the next verse says, Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. And we go through another chorus before we come to this verse that says, Perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. One more time we come to the chorus. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. 
praising my Savior all the day long. Yes, praising my Savior all the day long. Oh, I'm a people. What beautiful and meaningful lyrics. And we indeed did justice to the song, raising all heaven with our sincere and heartfelt sacrifices of praise. And the story behind the hymn that we mentioned above is indeed an interesting one. It goes like this, that one evening, Fanny's friend and composer, Phoebe Palmer Knapp, was visiting and she played a tune on the piano, asking Fanny what it sounded like. Fanny responded, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, yes. Right then, Phoebe and Fanny continued to sing the melody and write the lyrics together. Whoa, that's just another instance of how our wonderful God works in mysterious ways to bring us closer to him and all the marvelous things he has to offer. And talking about all that God has to offer, this past Thursday, we celebrated the ascension of Jesus from the Mount of Olives near Bethany, some 40 days after his resurrection. Luke tells the story in the first chapter of Acts. He says, And Jesus, being assembled with them, that's the disciples, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, said he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. And that comes from Acts 1, verses 4 to 5. And that was a foreshadowing of the marvelous things that would take place on the day of Pentecost shortly thereafter. But apparently the disciples didn't quite understand Jesus' meaning. For Luke tells us, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power or authority, but ye shall receive power after or when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And that's Acts 1, 6 to 8. And there you have it again, friends, the directive of the Great Commission. However, the disciples did not yet have the power to fulfill that, fulfill that commission. So they had to wait in Jerusalem until they were baptized by the Holy Ghost. And as the scholars explain, the disciples were to be concerned with world evangelism and discipleship. The Great Commission still applies today since the promise underlying it, the Holy Spirit still applies. And they give a reference there of Matthew 28, 20. And so it does, my fellow believers, perhaps even more urgently than it ever did, since our fallen world is in great turmoil and the peace, love, and salvation of Christ is absolutely necessary if we are to avoid, to avoid the total destruction 
that we are currently racing towards. But getting back to Christ's ascension, the good library folder tells us, and when he, that's Jesus, had spoken these things, while they beheld or looked, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. And that's Acts 1, 9-11. Can you imagine that scene, friends? The disciples talking with Jesus on the Mount of Olives. Then all of a sudden, he just rises up into the air and is gone from their sight. Wow. That must certainly have boggled their young, uneducated minds, as it would most certainly have also boggled our old, educated minds. But what I love about Jesus is that despite the circumstances, he never does or goes anywhere without giving us a promise or a foreshadowing of what is to come. And that's what the men in white, most likely angels, did. They promised that the same way Jesus left, he would come back to earth again. He wouldn't leave them alone forever. But he would no longer appear to them like he had done after the resurrection. That's suddenly appearing, then suddenly vanishing again. The next time they saw him would be at his second coming as the conquering hero, where he visibly and bodily sets his feet on the Mount of Olives. And there they have two references, one to Revelation 17 and one to Zechariah 14.4. Ah, my fellow saints, that is indeed a joyful day that we have to look forward to. So please, please, let's keep it at the forefront of our, of our minds now. And therefore, live this life with joy, love, and peace in Christ Jesus, knowing that we'll soon see him again. Much love. And the postscript for today says, Jesus, in Jamaican style, said, Soon come, and come he will. We just don't know exactly when. And that's the gospel truth, friends. Jesus will come again. But just when we don't know, but that's why we have to live in faith. Keep believing and keep doing what we know that he promised because he's always faithful to his promises. So please, let's get joyful and united and live for Jesus now. And we pray that in his strong and mighty name. Amen. Please have a blessed day, my people. Much love. Thank you.